going on, buddy? I'm hanging. I'm, I'm ready for... I I can't lie. I haven't cared about a, a regular season like this in, in a little bit. <laughs> we're, we're, we're in the most, like, petty, pointless, <laughs> ridiculous, <laughs> stupid, silly rivalry that the league has seen in a long time. <laughs> and I don't even know if it's, like, an actual rivalry or just, like... Like, I don't even know if we'll remember this game in six months. No, no chance. No chance whatsoever. <laughs> You're listening to the Locked On Nuggets podcast, your daily podcast on the Denver Nuggets. Now, here is your host from denverstiffs.com, Adam Mades. So the voice you're hearing is Anthony Irwin, my co-host on Locked on, Nug- on, Locked on NBA on Fridays. Mm-hmm. Good buddy of mine and the host of Locked On Lakers. Anthony, what's going on? Oh, well, you know, it, I, I do want to talk really quickly about Jamal Murray. Like, You can't get rid of your hosting tendencies. It, no, I, like, I can't. I, I am a terrible, I'm a terrible co-host. Like, I am not. <laughs> I talk way too much. But I'll, I'll, let you, I'll let you guide us. But we have to, at some point, touch on Jamal Murray. Well, let's touch on him right away. I want to know, um, what is the Laker fan perspective? And what's your perspective? Not Laker fan, but you as a Laker fan. What's, what's the perspective on, on Jamal Murray's – actually, just Jamal Murray as a person, player, <laughs> personality, potster. Well, I, I think he's a little problematic seeing as like his big celebration is firing arrows at the people in the stands. <laughs> Like I, I, <laughs> I hope somebody runs with that. Like somebody, <laughs> I hope somebody actually thinks that's me. But no, I I really enjoy watching him play. I have a like I have a thing for shooters. Like the shooters to me are are my favorite types of player in the NBA. Uh, so just watching him just let her rip is is really fun, especially when he goes unconscious. And then, uh, in, from like a from like a personal standpoint, I he seems okay. I he certainly <laughs> he like. He, I'll say that he he reminds me a lot. So the la- the last conversation you and I had on our on our national show was about Kawhi Leonard and like wanting to be a bigger star than yeah. the Spurs are capable of making him. It, yeah. So it seems. I feel like that's kind of Murray. I feel like Murray wants to be a bigger star, um, and he's more extrovertive about it. He just he yeah. he want he would love. I would I would imagine he would do really well in a in a larger market set setting. So Jamal Murray, hashtag future Laker. <laughs> no, I think it's a, I, I think that's exactly to me. This is exactly what's going on. I think Jamal Murray is hyper competitive. I, but I think he also is like, man, nobody ever pays attention to me in Denver <laughs> <laughs> and, and everybody pays attention to everything that happens to big baller brand. Mm-hmm. So here's yeah. one way to kind of jump in the conversation and it worked. It, it definitely, it definitely wasn't a coincidence that it was Lonzo that he threw the ball, ar- the, the ball around, and then, yeah. you know, I'm sure that the Lakers had that kind of in the back of their minds. And look, I, 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 we, um, we had a conversation in in the DMs about it, and the one thing that I kind of keep coming back to is that I don't know if Luke freaks out the way he does if Murray doesn't maybe cross the line. Now, you don't think Murray is the type to cross the line, though? What, what? Is it just and nobody really- has and nobody has said. I, I mean, I, I really don't think it's that man. Um, mm-hmm. There was all of the nuggets. You know, I, I I know the people that work the scoreboard board and the stats and all that stuff. They were right there, and they just said it was trash talk. So yeah, I would I would be really really surprised if it was something else. And if it is, obviously that changes the entire conversation. So with that caveat, I think it's important just to assume it wasn't that because 
innocent you got to assume innocence until proven guilty in my opinion on on matters like this yeah and and at the end of the day like trash talk crosses a line all the time anyway you know like every- i'm not about that and i even said on my show yesterday i don't like i like trash talk in the game but the game was over yeah and so at that point it kind of changed so i'm i'm already kind of opposed to it from the start but well i just I, don't think i think it's a misdemeanor i it's tough. It's not like, a felony. Right after, right after the game, I think you're still fine. It's when, like, I would have had a way bigger problem with it if he jumped on social media and started talking trash, right? Because it's like, wait, you were there, <laughs> yeah, and then yeah, you right. left, and then you wanted to fire off your jokes. But oh yeah, you have to appreciate the balls of this dude. Like, not yeah. only that, but having like three days off before you play the team again on the road in a huge game. Like the guy has some balls to to, to do this. <laughs> I thought I thought Isaiah Thomas showed off a pair of <laughs> a pair of balls, <laughs> all five six of them walking down to the, to the Denver bench. Like yeah. that was, you know. I, I honestly the 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 I'm gonna get in your face on an NBA court is the safe. The, an NBA yeah. court is the safest place in America. Mm-hmm. Like it's way too expensive to punch somebody in an NBA game. <laughs> you are you are guaranteed safe in an NBA fight. What we might see is is that that tunnel that was being used in the Houston Rockets and oh, <laughs> like that God. might that might get used at some point it, while the while Denver is out here. That'll be that'll be kind of fun. I forgot about that. Yeah, we need the secret tunnel, <laughs> the secret tunnel storyline. Who would who would Denver send as like their their Trojan horse? Because remember, the Rockets yeah. were just cool with sacrificing Clint Capella. <laughs> Can we talk about how crazy of a story that was? The NBA is so great. Like I love that's it. that's like five absurd storylines to go. You know, <laughs> <laughs> I've almost forgot about it. I mean, uh, like the this the sentence the, the the Rockets were willing to sacrifice Clint Capella <laughs> as a Trojan horse. You don't get that type of sentence anywhere else. I don't know if the Nuggets have enough guys willing to like sc- like scuffle. And honestly, I think that's part of with Murray is. The Nuggets have this very quiet, like kind of nice locker mm-hmm. room, and I think Murray is a little bit of an ankle biter. Like he desperately wants to be, he wants to be Kobe. I mean, I, quite frankly, I, that's mm-hmm. I, I wrote about it on, on DenverStiffs.com. Is he he thinks he's the best player in the NBA? <laughs> so like like right now. So I think um, you know when you have that mentality, you've got that like I'm not afraid of anybody. Even if sometimes you should be afraid of some people. <laughs> yeah, I I. The one thing I'm I'm kind of keeping an eye out for now the Lakers haven't really they aren't a, they aren't really outwardly physical they aren't gonna go out and and you know go out of their way to really to beat somebody up but if somebody gets in Julius Randall's face it, it usually doesn't end up very well like I he's I think the, Murray's smarter than that there's a reason he picks on Lonzo and, yeah. and Isaiah Thomas <laughs> <laughs> and Luke Walton who I think <laughs> you yeah. know come on will pass his prime. <laughs> I do like how like when when these type of you know scuffles or kerfluffles kind of pop up between players and coaches, the old heads in the media immediately say like, "Oh, I wouldn't mess with Stan Van or I wouldn't mess with Doc or whatever." And I'm like, "You're talking about guys who haven't played in the NBA in like 40 yeah. years." But sure, yeah. Like they have a hard time going up like a long flight of stairs. Like I think I don't I don't know if a got to be afraid of although i will say i've heard some stories about lionel hollins when he was coaching that like a player tried him or something and he like sat him down in a chair physically sat him down oh my god like to be like sit down son so <laughs> so there are i do think there's exceptions to the rule but i'm with you yeah a lot of these guys 
Um, I guess let me ask you this one. Actual basketball, right? No, no, definitely not. <laughs> um, <laughs> no, I want to ask you if because I think this Lonzo Murray rivalry is like it's trying so hard. <laughs> For me, I'm like I hope it gets there because that means Denver's relevant, right? Mm-hmm. But um, at the moment. Where would you play, place the Murray-Lonzo rivalry relative to the Moutier-D'Angelo Russell rivalry, Ooh. which might be the worst, dumbest, lamest non-rivalry ever? Yeah, so that was that turned out sad. Like <laughs> <laughs> both both guys are on the East Coast now, and uh, whatever. It's like when like two guys are like in each other's faces, like they're gonna fight, and they just expect everyone to come and like fan the flame, but everyone just turns around and walks away. Yeah, it's <laughs> and like, like, you guys again. Nobody's paying attention to us. We're about to fight over here. <laughs> <laughs> I'm holding a bottle. I swear. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, but no, I, I. So I think, I think for one thing, Murray and Lonzo are both better players than than yeah, Moutier sure. and Rus- and and uh, Russell. So that's gonna make the rivalry a little bit more intriguing in and of itself. Um, I also think, like Murray, I, I think is the better shit talker of any of the of any of anybody involved. Like even like Moutier, Moutier and Lonzo don't talk, right? Like and, they just don't say a single word. Yeah, and and even like D'Angelo Russell was more interested in making his play. T- now he would he would make it known that he made a good play, but. He would start with yeah, a play yeah. and then and then leave with it. Whereas, whereas, like I could see Murray talking crap on a night where he's like three of seventeen. Oh no, I, he kind of was in that game till the very end. So. <laughs> yeah, so like I, I you know, I, Murray, Murray just being involved makes this already better, and it's just a matter of like how far what Lonzo is willing to get pushed before he goes out of his way. Because I do think Lonzo is capable of making somebody look silly with like a pass or something like. That pass that LeBron threw against the the Lakers, where he had the ball in one hand, he faked it and then kind of went back the other yeah. way, and and like half of the Lakers rotation just fell on their faces. Yeah. Like I I could see Lonzo trying to do something like that to to Murray. He couldn't do anything with his handle. He doesn't have a tight enough handle, and and he isn't like a leaper, so he's not going to dunk on him. But I could see him like throwing a pass between Murray's legs or something. And I think Murray. You know, I trust him in big mo- – part of why I, I, I'm so intrigued by tomorrow's game is I think Murray, like, the more pressure you put on him, the better he performs. I think he's one of those guys. The mm-hmm. problem is there's a the, there's a razor-thin margin between that and trying to take over a game you didn't need to. Right. And the Nuggets right now, their offense is in a very good groove over the last two games. They're figuring out the style again. And if Murray comes out like, oh, I'm going to score 50 – uh, I'm not too sure. Sh- I'm not too sure. I'm uh, I'm I'm comfortable with that. <laughs> so this kind of brings me to the next point, which is I, I wanted to talk about expectations for tomorrow night, and I kind of will just ask you, and let you give your take, and then I'll give mine. Um, what is your expectation for the intensity level from the Lakers in the game tomorrow? So in the last couple games that had, you know, kind of meeting, meaning leading up to it where – so the Lakers played the Magic and there was this like weird rivalry between Randall and, and Gordon. And Randall, oh. I thought, tried oh. a little too hard and made the game a little bit too much about himself. And then in mm-hmm. – in, so that was like the, the bad side of, of what can happen. And then against Cleveland where you had all the storylines of oh, Isaiah Thomas yeah. and, and all – Randall goes off, and that's like the the good side of what can happen there. So I think I think Randall's going to be involved somehow, 
It's just mm-hmm. a matter of which Randall is the one who's involved. And then the other thing, too, is uh, if Randall is involved, that means Lopez probably isn't. And mm-hmm. Lopez had a pretty good game against Denver. Now, albeit he he had all those numbers and, and his plus minus wasn't exactly great. But he was on fire, though. Yeah, he just made it felt like he made every long jumper he put up. Denver's guy, I think, plan was to kind of make him a jump shooter. And I know he's capable of that, mm-hmm. but you kind of live with it. Yeah. But man, he was on fire. <laughs> he's been he's been shooting since Ingram has gone out. He Lopez has really picked up that. that mm. It's kind of and it's funny because you mentioned Murray and the way he plays in big moments and, and that stuff. And and I jumped to Randall. But the other guy and it's too bad he's not going to be able to play. But that's Ingram. In yeah. all of, you know, in the games that the Lakers played against Philadelphia where you have all this Ben Simmons is this and Ben Simmons is that and all this stuff, Ingram showed up and, and tried to show out against those guys and made a purpose and played well. Um, and it's kind of too bad because you said that uh, mm-hmm. Murray and Ingram are, are close friends. Yeah, so I think it would have made for a kind of that, – that I think would have been a fun kind of back and forth to see because I could have definitely seen those guys, even though they're not guarding each other, kind mm-hmm. of – talking to each other as they made jumpers going back and forth so yeah um how do you think lonzo plays tomorrow or do you think he just plays the same way no matter what he I, I don't he to me is the most dismissive player i have ever seen like he he grew up with lavar i think he learned how to ignore <laughs> <yeah>. trash talk <laughs> well I, I think it was it was literally the, like lavar took up all the air out of the room and and Lonzo was incapable of speech because there was no, there wasn't enough oxygen to be able to go there. But um, he, he to me, he just kind of shows up and he does. He hasn't been shooting the ball very well. I think his last two games, he's two of thirteen from three, after shooting really well coming out of the All Star break. So it's he's he's a streaky shooter. He's a rookie. So you that kind of the way he shoots is to me the best way to tell what kind of game he's going to have. If he's if mm-hmm. he if he jumps out. It makes two or three three pointers early, or or you know gets a backdoor that a Laker actually finds him on, and gets a dunk and gets a crowd into it. Then I think you're looking at okay, this could be a really good game, especially if if Murray also has it going. That's like the best case scenario here in terms of just fun game within a game. Yeah. Um, but he yeah he just kind of shows up and he does his thing. And the one thing I give him credit for is that if he doesn't really have it, he just kind of finds other ways to win. Yeah. Do you think the game will get chippy? I mean, like, I don't think Denver's going to come out and throw elbows or anything like that. But the mm-hmm. Lakers, you know, I'm, that's one thing I wonder. Do you think they'll they'll throw a hard foul around early on? You, you know, what's kind of funny is the guy who I think could actually go there and escalate it to that point is ironically the smallest guy on the court. <laughs> <laughs> like, <laughs> like I, the guy who I could go out there, oh, who I could see and like you know, set a low bridge screen or, or, or just, you know, stick his elbow out or, or make sure. So against Cleveland and, and for a reason, like he and Cleveland obviously didn't work out, but there was a play. So he pulls up, it was in transition, semi transition, and he shoots it from like 30 feet. It hits the front of the rim, comes right back to him. And then he makes a free throw line jumper um, that just kind of like rattled in and fell. So it, it gave him an opportunity to kind of stand there at the free throw line, a little extra, long because the ball was bouncing on the rim and the whole time the ball was bouncing on the rim he was staring at the Cavs bench <laughs> was, <laughs> and so and and uh and Kuzma actually after practice we're recording this on on Monday after practice he made sure to say that it was kind of funny to it, it kind of lit a fire under the Lakers that Thomas spent the whole game talking crap to, to Cleveland 
And so <laughs> I think Thomas is going to nudge his way into the storyline in some way, shape, or form. That would suck because I feel like he's such a weird piece of this puzzle. <laughs> like yeah. the Nuggets and Lakers both have these young teams and, you know, that whole part. And if it's Isaiah Thomas who feels like he's not really a Laker. Right. You know, he's like, been here he's a, like a substitute teacher of the Lakers. So <laughs> if he's the difference, it'd be like, oh, that sucks. <laughs> he's like the oh. new he's like the new kid who fights the kid from the other block just to prove himself to the uh, to the other new kids. Cause and and is, they don't want him either. <laughs> he is doing I mean, look, do you want Do you want Isaiah Thomas on the team next year? No, not even. Do you little. want him on the team this year? <laughs> no, not even a little. <laughs> but they, That's why it's lame. It would suck yeah. if it was him. Well, I, it, like it, it, it would, but I'm here for it just escalating. I want to see, yeah. see the extents because you do kind of find out some stuff about players in situations like this. Like if for sure, if Murray, if Murray does get in Lonzo's face and makes a couple baskets and Lonzo kind of takes a step back, that's not the greatest sign for Lonzo and vice versa, right? Like if, if Lonzo goes out and makes a couple crazy passes and, and the Lakers crowd is all on Murray. And that's the other thing. The Lakers crowd, I think tomorrow is going to be pretty brutal with Murray, with Murray. At this point. him every time. And I don't, yeah. Everyone. He'll get some. He'll get some Jamal Burries. Get it? <laughs> Anthony Irwin, everyone. Host of Locked On Lakers. Oh man, they gave me a mic, but they, but they, I could see the the Lakers fan base really getting after it. If the Lakers go on a little run and Murray is involved in the negative side of things, then that's where you get to find out a lot about Murray. And and yeah. it sounds to me like you think he can come through in that spot, though. Yeah, I mean, I don't think any player comes through all the time, and he's 21, so he's mm-hmm. still very much an up-and-down guy. But I have more confidence in him being able to like, go out there and have a great game with high stakes than anybody else on the Nuggets roster. So mm-hmm. take that whatever you will. Um, I'm curious, but not only that, like Murray didn't just put pressure on himself. He put pressure on everyone else. So. Yeah. Even though Nikola Jokic is just a dude that was out there playing basketball, like you know, he's gonna be getting gunned after and yeah. and all these things. So I'm actually curious to see how all of them. It is a big game for the Nuggets. Um, Huge. Does it feel like a big game? Like, are, do you think the Lakers fans are more interested in this game now because of how things went down on Friday? Ooh, that's a good question. Um, so here's where people listening are gonna roll their eyes at the Lakers exceptionalism here, but. Like frankly, the Nuggets. I do aren't... this. I do this every time you talk. Basically, <laughs> yeah, that's, that's a fair point. Like your eyes are just stuck in the back of your head. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, the Nuggets aren't really on the Lakers' radar unless yeah. something pops off, right? So, it... but that's just that's not exceptionalism. That's a fact. Right? <laughs> well, I just <laughs> come on. I always feel kind of bad because, like, I'll I'll talk with like Blazers fans and stuff, and they're like, "Oh man, it's such a fun rivalry." I'm like, "Rivalry? We're 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 yeah. calling it a rivalry here, but." Um, There's definitely different layers to rivalry. This is the lowest layer <laughs> like, at where we're at, right? It could grow, but yeah. at the moment, it's the lowest possible. Right. They're like laying the foundation for what could be a rivalry. Yeah. Right? Because the kids and, – and, and that's the other thing that, was, that wound up being kind of a bummer with, with how it played out with uh, D'Angelo Russell and Emmanuel Moutier was that it looked like they had the chance to grow together and, and you would have that little rivalry within the game – but it didn't play out that way because neither guy—I mean, neither guy played up to their draft position. So, so. Right. Uh, but this—it looks good? like it looks like the kids who are involved now look like they are more capable of, of, of of playing up to their draft level and actually making it a rivalry. So that makes it fun, 
And the other thing, too, that, that Laker fans are going to take into this one is that the Lakers aren't mathematically out of playoff contention. Now, they are, you know, they aren't by the letter of the law, but they are by the spirit of the law kind of thing. They they aren't really in the playoff picture at all. But if they go 11-5, and five, they finish with, or if they win 10 games for, the, for you know, they're at 30 wins right now. If they win 10 more, they, they have a 40-win season. And yeah. that would that would be kind of an accomplishment. That's something that yep. Laker fans are are really that's at the forefront of their mind. So all of these games, while it may not actually mean that they get in that they sneak into the playoffs, but it it would mean something that this organization that has been mired in in incompetence and in just gross basketball might be able to get there. So you have all of that. I think it's going to be a really fun atmosphere at at, at Staples Center. You guys are in the position that Nuggets were last year because, and I think it might be my favorite position where you have young players and there's all kinds of hope and no expectations. Mm Because, like last year, the Nuggets kind of got shot in the foot because everybody in the West had a down year last year. So, 40 wins almost made it into the playoffs. So, there was, there felt like heartbreak, even though the Nuggets only won, as you mentioned, 40 games, which. I don't know, 19 times out of 20 is not enough. Well, last Mm -hmm. year it was. So, it kind of felt like heartbreak. Mm -hmm. This year in some ways is more fun because the team has made a leap forward and all these players have gotten better, but in some ways is less fun because now the expectation is there. Like, do yeah. you, did you enjoy this season? I know it's not over, but have you enjoyed this season with the Lakers because it's such a low pressure, high optimism moment? I've enjoyed it for two reasons for the ones that you just listed, right? There were no expectations, whatever growth we saw from Ingram, especially considering the, 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 the rookie season that he had, yeah. You know, he's just kind of like, can we see something from Ingram? And then it just so happened that he took a quite substantial leap forward. And Lonzo Ball, you know, especially at the beginning of the season, it was kind of you hide your head in your hands because he couldn't throw a pee in the ocean. But then he kind of figured things out as the year went along, and, and that's made it more fun. And then the guy, I mean, I, I've I've turned into a Ju- Julius Randle stand basically. on, on <laughs> That's my presence on Twitter now is that – I really believe in this kid and watching him do that um, while being doubted by the majority of the fan base and, and even by his own organization, he was only getting like, he was under 20 minutes a game to start the year. And yeah, it weird. was, it was maddening. And so him taking those steps forward too, like that helped. Um, and then the other reason that the, that the season has been a lot of fun is because the Lakers don't have their pick. So you don't, I've never, yeah. I've never cared even a little bit about, their draft position it's just been about wins and um that to me like i i understand tanking i my podcast initially started as the team tank podcast like that's where it that's where it started back when before they drafted russell and so uh i understand why it's it's important for 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 organizations to do it but that said this season, this Lakers season, to me is the is the the most definitive statement as to why tanking should they should try to eradicate it it's because it's been so much fun not to care about draft position. And it's funny people talking about like the West keeps winning games and nobody will lose, and it is true. Like the West teams fighting for the playoffs keep keep winning games that are you know some tough ones, but they're also winning a ton of games because teams are trying to lose. It's a weird yeah. when the Pelicans play the Suns. I mean, it's almost certain that the the Pelicans are going to win that game. So, you know, it's kind of weird. Dallas, the one exception to the rule, I think Memphis is another team that Memphis is so bad, their players are so bad that it's hard for them to tank. But Dallas is the one team that has a coach I think tries to win and players that are competent enough to win. 
Um, and it sucks because they got fined six hundred thousand dollars, and they're going to get the eighth pick. <laughs> like <laughs> yeah. they got fi- they got fined for tanking, and they are tanking worse than seven other teams in the NBA right now. It really is the stupidest thing ever, in my opinion. It it really and it set a bad precedent, right? Like it's it it's Bad, yeah. it, it every team now that sits somebody who is not young <laughs> not even old but not yeah. young is is now going to have to explain themselves to the league and it, it's just it i didn't like that that adam silver went down that road I, I kind of thought of this as like a stupid idea. I, I love having my stupid ideas, but soccer lets teams loan out players. And <laughs> like, wouldn't it be so much fun? <laughs> Worst idea I've ever heard, but no, go for it. it. I, I want to hear it. It's really okay. fun. It's, it's a really fun idea. So now if you're a fan of like the Atlanta Hawks, you're just not going to see Kent Bazemore for the rest of the year. And it's because of, bone bruises right a, a bone bruise yeah. is what's okay. going on right air, yeah. he just did air quotes yeah yes. oh yeah sorry um and <laughs> and so like you have and and so fans of that team and and i mean it's not like anybody's gonna like freak out and say oh god i can't see kent baseball but i think he could help a playoff team it'd be fun oh, yeah, to, for sure it, and and so like it'd be fun if if you could you know if if say boston was able to loan or borrow him for the last month of the season for like three hundred thousand dollars and now they now atlanta can outlaw like they can out they can tank they were tanking anyway right but they they can now tank and they can admit to tanking essentially this, and, this is this is your most out of the box idea <laughs> ever ever this is some cheech and chong idea right here man like <laughs> well, hey man know, i saw tanking we just we just load out our good players, take on the bad ones. It, it would be a blast. It would be so much fun to see like in and like Bazemore. The Lakers the, just every year just pay for like every tanking team's best player, so they have a every year it's a super team. It would be fun. I mean, like the the Warriors have a super team anyway, right? So like if 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 Houston was able to get one more player and make that team that series a little bit more interesting, like. I'm all for it. It'd be, it'd be a fun. I'm interested to see what, what people would actually think of this because it works in soccer. Like it, teams like it in soccer. Players like it in soccer. I would imagine the players would would welcome playing for a playoff. Now you would kind of have to acknowledge that you're rooting for laundry at that point. You aren't necessarily rooting right. for the you know, and and that yeah, that's like the one spot where, for me as a fan, it, it kind of falls apart. But that in in and of itself just getting more good players into the playoffs or into playoff runs. That's just really fun for me is a, is a concept. I'm looking at the tanking teams right now. And honestly, there's only like three or four players that would be that in. I think there's a lot of role players, but mm-hmm. it's sad how little talent there is actually in these lottery teams. Like Andre Drummond mm-hmm. might be the only player that I, I really get in and, and Blake like Griffin, Blake, I, guess. I guess. Yeah. yeah. But well, outside like, of that, Kemba Walker. So he, yeah, he would be interesting. But there's just not – everybody else is just like good quality role players. So um, well, it's, this idea is crazy, man. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> I made you think of it. I mean <laughs> – uh, Real quick before I get you out of here, yep. what, what's your prediction for the game tomorrow? Just how does it – how does it – what does it look like and how does it end? So I think it's another game that's in like the hundred and teens. I think yeah. both teams are playing really well offensively. And uh, I think I – think 
it's close. And so because I think it's close, it's hard for me to, you know, predict which team wins it. But, I mean, at, at the end of the day, the Nuggets need it more, a lot more. And the Nuggets are a better team right now. The Lakers are missing two rotation guys. And if everybody was healthy, I would say that the Nuggets have a better roster. Now, Mike Malone makes them worse as a team. <laughs> so so that, you know, that's, I think, worth kind of mentioning. But um, I... I think the more talented team that needs it more is going to walk out with the win. I could see it. Um, I could honestly see it going either way. I think one interesting dynamic is that in between the Friday game and the Tuesday game, the Lakers played a perfect warm up, right? And another emotionally charged game against Cleveland mm-hmm. that I think was like a perfect, like they have a good, they can carry over from that game to this next one, or they could have emotional letdown, but I think it's a good prime. Denver played Sacramento and won by 40. Mm-hmm. And that was like, I think sometimes it was good for Denver to kind of get their footing. I wish they were going up against, you know, maybe like the Knicks or a, a somebody that's better than Sacramento but worse than the Lakers. Right. Um, but going from Sacramento, who played no defense and couldn't score the ball if nobody else was on the court, to the Lakers, I think it's such a, a change in, in intensity. Denver does need it more. I don't have a prediction. I don't want to make one because I'm too afraid to make one. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'll predict this, though. The... There are going to be shots fired across the bow from the various Twitter spots. Oh like, man, how many how many tweets do you have in drafts right now, just ready for a Lakers win that oh, you're ready to fire off? I have I have four ready to go. I, have, <laughs> <laughs> I might fire them off even if they lose because they're they're pretty good. They're pretty good yeah. tweets. Like I can't it's all fair. I told Nuggets Nation this. Look. Those salty Laker fans that everybody's mentioned after the last game, don't be that guy. If you dish it out, you have to be able to take it. Mm-hmm. And if you can't take it, you can't dish it out. So if the Nuggets lose, you, you got to just listen to your mentions and let them light on fire. And Anthony De- and, and Anthony Irwin will be more than happy to uh, to light them all on fire. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm, I, even if it's close, like even if it's close – I'm going to. I'm going to let them flew. I'm a, the oh, only how the mighty have fallen. We've huh? we've gone from 17 championships to well, if we keep a game close, I'm going to trash talk. Oh. <laughs> well, I mean, I, I guess it's kind of nice that we have a spot to fall from, right? Denver's always just kind of stood on the ground. The funny thing, the irony part of this is this is why I think Nuggets fans are probably going to be cool no matter what happens. Is we're used to this, man. <laughs> we're used to the worst case scenario. <laughs> like I think part of what's hard for Lakers fans is they are—they're very rarely bad. So it's you know it's like oh we're not familiar with this uncomfortable situation we're in. With Denver, we expect it. I do kind of wonder because like when when the Lakers had Byron, I would root against the Lakers. <laughs> like, yeah, I would root against the Lakers. To, I would I would hope that they lost as much as possible just so that like they 100 percent for sure were not going to bring him back. I, wonder, I think that uh, team could have been good if they would have just manned up, though. <laughs> <laughs> we didn't win any of the battles in the trenches. So <laughs> yeah. it is some guys to man up. <laughs> but but like I kind of wonder if there are Nuggets fans. I mean, you would know this better than me, but are there Nuggets fans out there who are kind of. Well, if we don't make the playoffs, that means we get to hit the reset button at the head coaching spot. Oh, no doubt. There's people that have said this, and I have two things to say. First of all, I think the better – you never root for a failure like that because, first of all, if they did replace the coach, I think Malone is like in the 65th percentile, so the odds of them getting a better coach are actually less than Mm 50-50. And it's not like there's this guy out there that's like, oh, so-and-so's – you know, um, Stevens is available. We know he's great or something like that. So – 
so there's that. But also, I just think Malone. I've been I've been super critical of him over the last three months or two months or whatever it's been. And but I still think the better thing is for him to get better. You mentioned Julius Randle. And, you know, last year there were a lot of Lakers fans this year early on, a lot of Lakers fans that looked at him and thought, oh, we know what he is. He's never going to change. And this is his ceiling. And like he surpassed that. And I think with coaches, it's the same thing. Malone is basically Julius Randle. He's a third year coach, Mm -hmm. you know, with this Nuggets team. And he has a lot of great qualities and a few things that I think um, are fixable uh, about him that maybe, you know, maybe are less fixable than we'd hope. But um, (laughs) I, I would much rather him be the coach for the Nuggets and because I think continuity is so important for an organization like yeah. Denver. No, I, I think I think it's that's where it's the tough one, right? Like, do you think the last so, thing I'll say is I'm not I don't think if the Nuggets miss the playoffs, he's fired. I think that's like a 50 50 thing. And as crazy as that is, because it would no questions asked be underperforming maybe for a second straight year. I don't know if Nuggets would, would pull the trigger on firing him. You could always hire David Fisdale, and, and that apparently gives you the inside track for LeBron. So, <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> uh, Anthony, thanks so much, man. It's going to be fun. Fire your tweets away if the Nuggets lose tomorrow. You, you will have earned it. Yeah. Um, and I guess if they've stayed close, you could fire them away too. <laughs> <laughs> Depends on how close. If it's, like, if it's, if it's close late, it, anytime the Lakers go on a run, it's like one of those tweets are going to make their way out there. Uh, I, I appreciate the hustle. Thanks so much. You can catch him on Locked on Lakers. His uh, Twitter handle is going to be in the description of the show. And also you can catch both of us if you like our banter. This is basically what we do on Fridays on Locked on NBA. We have a good time. Mm-hmm. Hopefully you tune in and have a good time with us. Thanks, Anthony. Thanks for having me. Thanks for listening to the Locked on Nuggets podcast. Be sure to subscribe on iTunes and visit us on the web at denverstiffs.com.